What's going on, everybody? Cardboard coaches here. You got Coach Co as per usual. And the Cottel. There we go. I like the little spin on that. That was uh, it's a little, it's a little magical. I like it. It's a little European. Whew. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about the recap of the 2020 baseball season and uh, roughly, you know, how we felt about the shortened season, how the cards were impacted. Let's shoot the shit here, man. So let's talk a little bit about, did you like the shortened season? Um, it brought with it a certain amount of excitement and urgency. Uh, which I think we expected. And um, you saw a lot of uh, ingenuity in terms of management and coaching in terms of how you were utilizing your roster, um, call-ups, uh, how you were putting the pieces together. And there was a lot more pressure to do it in a tighter space of time. Uh, that's why I think we did see the cream rise to the top with uh, the very competitive teams that were battling into the playoffs. So yeah, I thought it made for really exciting baseball. Uh, I think we saw some scenarios where it was almost like too bad that it got cut off, right? Because we saw some big storylines, some uh, some big years, you know, like we talked about Luke Voigt being on track for something like 60 home runs. What would a full season have looked like? But uh, yeah, no, it was it was super fun as a as someone getting back into the game as a fan um, through cards and through you know uh, this new crop of players that we're watching, seeing Tatis. Lou Bob, Kyle Lewis, uh, my fave Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really fun. How did you feel about it? I I like the fact that we had baseball. Uh, obviously, with the whole COVID situation, there's nothing you can really do about like the alternative is axing the whole season. I just number one, I don't know if it's a fair representation of us of a few players' market values, and I'm going to give you a few examples of that. Like for instance. Nolan Arenado's rookie card right now is like dirt cheap. And this guy's won like eight gold gloves. I don't know if it's in a row or just in his life. He is arguably the best third baseman in the league. He's yeah, definitely think every season he's played. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the guy's always in contention for silver sluggers. I know he's got the, the Rockies effect and that's kind of like same situation with Larry Walker where you know, they're like, oh, should he be in the hall because he played in Colorado, which I find is ridiculous. But I just feel like there's a lot of pretty like staple names that took a big ass nosedive, which is kind of cool for someone just jumping into the hobby because I kind of want to see how that how the market reacts to that. You know what I mean? Like I saw someone who has been in the league for quite some time. I mean, not quite some time, but like, you know, eight years in Mookie Betts and like figured out what his value of the rookies are because coming into the hobby I'm used to rookie cards from like Acuna and like uh Lewis Robert that are a PSA 10 Acuna is easy like 120 you know what I mean like depending on the PSA 10 and I just wanted to see what the differential is between someone who's established and someone who's up and coming. Yeah. I just wasn't really able to see that. Do you know what I mean? Like because sure. there, was, there was only two months, it was like whoever was hype was 
like let's buy 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 not necessarily me but like the market was like buy 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 these these his hype guy and then everybody else's money was just kind of like gone if that makes sense so i found that really interesting and i don't know if you can elaborate a little bit on like i know you've been in the market a little longer than i have well a big marker would have been you know uh trout for example yeah. And so baseball works well that way. You've got trout on the high end, then you have the prospects. Like you mentioned, you could be getting in on some Acunas and Sotos. Um, we saw some big mid-year jumps based on performance. Uh, Juan Soto was particularly interesting because people were getting excited about him starting the year late. Uh, he tested positive. Um, and then he was off and running when he hit the ground. That uh, His update in Chrome rookie cards really jumped. Uh, Tatis really jumped based on performance. Um, the Mookie Betts card uh, that people are basically speculating as the next, you know, quad digit base rookie card in a PSA 10, um, that really started jumping as well. You know, new team on the Dodgers and sort of as the season went on, he, I, I don't think he had the hottest start to the season, but once he got going, I think people realized this is a guy to get in on. And I think that was smart if people did do that, considering they went all the way. Um, so yeah, you get, you get to see that, that kind of short difference from the beginning of the tens, so to speak, where trout shows up 2011 towards the end of the tens, um, that kind of helps you because you can kind of see where the top end could be. If some of these guys really keep going like Acuna, uh, I think Betts is gonna, you know, break, uh, break through that. He'll be a quad digit base PSA 10. Christian Yelich was kind of on his way, I think, before he stumbled a little bit for a base. For the base, PSA 10. That's wild, man. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's what got people going on Pops update sets and yeah. demand for base rookie cards. Yeah. Right? But, uh, uh, yeah, we saw some, some guys. Uh, I'll give you another example of a guy I like who didn't really perform, who was uh, Raphael Devers. That's true. Uh, I'm still going after his first Bowman stuff, his, his early autographs. They could be somewhat affordable. You and I let the cat cat out of the bag with Eloy. Uh, I'm actively chasing his first autos. Labor, but, you know, too, man, like 23 years old and people are just throwing them to the wolves. You know what I mean? So I guess I'm just trying to figure out how market fluctuations, how they really did like change the value of a card, man. Like we, we were talking mid season about a Tatis, like Bowman yep. or not Bowman uh, tops Chrome was going for like 240 sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it started the season at about, you know, 70, 80. So that was a big jump. And uh, it, I mean, it's currently sitting at like 160, 170 maybe. You know what I mean? Everything topped back down, but you see the potential now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And imagine a full season running up even bigger numbers. I mean, the the real big run up on Acuna, which was also in line with Gary Vee talking about him, was a full season where he was chasing 40 40. Yeah. Um, so that also kind of gives you a good idea of where a card could go. If Soto has a monster season next year and the base is coming in at, you know, 150 PSA 10 to start the season, why not three times that amount by the end of the season? Yeah. I'm why not three close. times that amount for Acuna, for Tatis? These are all blue chips that I think people should be stacking regardless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Mookie bets. Uh, I would imagine right now is the time you want to get in because this price might, might not be here anymore. I know that that's weird considering they just won a championship, but wait till you see the run up right before the season. Like and then once the season gets going and if he's playing well, 
you're done, right? So well, what's happening right now is a lot of people are spending money on like mosaic, like football because it's in. You know what I mean? Like they're spending money on things like, and we won't even. I don't even want to get into soccer, but I mean they're not really pouring a ton of money into soccer. Um, it's just like what what's in, right? Like Pokemon. I feel like people are dumping some of their, their baseball card collections to go into Pokemon. Like it's pretty Good. wild, actually. And uh, trying to understand the whole thing while keeping your your head like above water is uh, is definitely yeah crazy ass shit. Yeah, it's definitely a decision about how you're going to distribute your funds. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was someone who was really. I mean, again, I was just in the hockey world, and that was easy to navigate because you've got one sport and one focus. Um, I started, you know, adding baseball. And even at this point, even though I may dabble in a few other sports, I think it's smart to have a focus. You're going to know more. You're going to understand more. You're going to be on top of it more rather than spreading out all over the place. Cause I think there are some new collectors. They're like, I want to get in on this. I want to dip my hands in a Pokemon. I keep seeing IG stories about this, about soccer, but regardless, I mean, even though I, again, I, I think I mentioned to you, I think the soccer thing is interesting. I get why it makes sense. It's international. Yeah. Um, I get why it hasn't been a big deal up until now because A, there hasn't been product. B, North Americans didn't grow up with that. Okay. Yeah. You, you might have, but most people didn't. Yeah. Um, there weren't a lot of uh, cards to choose from. I just happened to dig this out of a box, but just, you know, they make cards all over the world. These are uh, Lotte, I believe they're called, L O T T E Japanese cards. This one's from 1990. It's dope. Uh, this is uh, Tatsunori Hara, who's actually really great. He's the manager of the, the Giants right now, which are which is a great Japanese league team. And they're kind of like mini cards. I think they may have been uh, candy or food premiums, but yeah. there's cards being made all over the world. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a matter of time. Uh, you know, I, I, I like I said, so soccer makes sense, but that's not something I'm going to start dabbling in. I oh, don't know. And honestly, I think uh, that's something that we should probably clarify to anybody listening is like, don't jump on what's hot. Jump on something that you know. Like one of the reasons why I invest in sports and not in the stock market is because I know sports. I know players. I'd be doing this shit for free. I We talked a little bit about how I believed in Brandon Lau and I still believe in Brandon Lau. But like you want to get players that you genuinely enjoy watching or playing with in video games you know what i mean like who you might own jerseys for so don't go completely out of your realm and then get burned because i promise you you might like cash a few in if you get in on the on the hype but chances are if you're hearing about it now like and have nothing to do with the hobby this thing is so close to peaking you have no idea yeah, and that happened throughout the year. We saw that happen throughout the year. People jumped on the basketball train way late. Uh, they they got burned. People jumped on Tops Project 2020 way late. They got burned. Um, yeah, for sure. You got to be. Uh, you 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 got to be. Uh, there's Baller, nothing better. Ben Baller brand. Yeah, the Ben Baller stuff. I have very strong opinions about that. I don't think that that's going to have any staying oh, power. I think it's cool. Um, I I love the crossover that's going on with the world of art. Um, and it's its own thing, but Project 2020 did teach us a lesson there. And that's also worth mentioning. Pops Project 2020 was one. a big thing did you know during that? the season. I actually have one. Ooh, I've got a few. Which, yeah. one, did you end up, which one did you end up with? I got the Jackie Robinson, uh, like, like Live Forever. 
My girlfriend tells me it's the ugliest card that she's ever seen. People either think they're terrible or they're just like, what a fantastic piece of art. Like, I, who I, drew that? And I'm like, it, it's about the, the message. You know what I mean? Like Jackie Robinson was, was, was a, an amazing figure for baseball. Like it's, you just, know, do you know which artist that one was? I have no idea. I have no okay. idea. You should look it up. It's very easy to look up. Uh, Beckett actually has Literally, a list. Like it has, if, if I wanted to dig through this, like my, my, closet during a podcast i would but you know maybe in between one of your your statements i'll, I'll go diving <laughs> but everyone should know Beck, beckett's got a great list online it's got the print runs um so i got pulled in fairly early not super early it's funny because i was considering the very first one which i believe was an ichiro and i think they still have some value by the way don't forget that the early releases were still under ten thousand printed and they still yeah. have value yeah, yeah I, got, sure. I got pulled in. Look, one of my favorite iconic cards is the Frank Thomas Topps rookie card. I grew up with that. And Jacob Rochester uh, created uh, just a very subtle painted version. And it just like hit me hard. It, it, it yeah. was very evocative. And so that I ordered that one. I ordered a few other ones before it really blew up. The uh, It was the Ken Griffey Jr. that really set it off the 99,000 print run. Yeah. So that, that Jacob Rochester card I had was at one point worth $800 and I watched it go back down to about 150 within a couple weeks. So, and again, I wasn't buying to flip. A lot of people made a lot of money. A lot of people lost a lot of money. Um, but like you mentioned, $100. Yeah, man. It, 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 but again, don't forget they were about, I think, uh, 25 individually or like, you could get yeah, yeah. I think I paid, I think I paid like 35 us or something. So again, I, I could make money on that Jacob Rochester if I wanted to, I yeah. like that card. Um, but like you mentioned, man, uh, the best thing is collecting what you enjoy. If you're into artwork, if you're into, you know, Ben Baller, what's better than Topps Project 2020? What was better for us than, you know, we invested in Randy and we got to watch him in the playoffs. That's exciting. And we were texting, Randy, Randy, you, Randy the Bandy, the macho man. Yeah. And uh, that made it exciting. And, 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 you know, of course, with hockey being my favorite sport, that, that just adds another layer of fun and excitement when you're watching. Um, so yeah, collect what you love, collect what you know, because you're going to get more out of it guaranteed. Right. I have such an issue with, with selling my stuff. And I guess this transitions nicely into, you know, buying and selling, right? Like we just had the, the, the baseball season and I guess this is prime time to buy. My, my understanding is like December, January, I think probably if I'm going to like pinpoint, and again, I've never been in this market, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. The season ended in November, like in the, like, like uh, mid October, there's still a little bit of hype up to, or um, tops 2021 comes out February, if I'm not mistaken. So I feel like December, January is probably that sweet spot to start buying. What do you think? Um, yeah. You want to start buying right about now to tell you the truth, because uh, I'm seeing the prices out there and I'm doing some buying as we speak. Uh, I'm particularly focusing on graded base. Uh, this is the lowest I've seen certain cards like Ronald Acuna Jr.'s base in quite some time, in a couple of years. So why not? Um, and as we get a little closer towards the start of the season, I think that's when you will start seeing bumps because it's going to become clear who people want to chase. I think a lot of people are going to be looking for, so the, the, the top prospects are the ones that I don't think are necessarily going to bump down too low, like Dominguez yeah. uh, or Franco people, yeah. the, you know, word is out on that. I don't see any 
any uh, drops, you know, any losses there. Yeah. But um, now's a great time to decide who you really want to put money into when it comes to the top guys like Tatis, Soto, Acuna that we've been talking about repeatedly. I think Vlad is a great buy right now. Dude, the guy's down 32 pounds. He looks yep. fantastic. And and again, even regardless of that, the guy is too low. Those those the prices I'm seeing are too low for what he may produce in a full year. What the Blue Jays might come up with with in a full year that. And I'd like to say quote unquote normal, but I don't even know if it will be normal next season. But my hope um, is that they they keep the playoff format because I really think it grassly, grassly greatly, <laughs> greatly improves the costs of the cards. Like because. If I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, and I'm not saying Cleveland's going to make the playoffs next year, but they've got some pretty valuable pieces on the roster, right? Amazing. We're talking like Jose Ramirez. For now, we're talking Lindor, uh, Shane Bieber, right? Like they, these guys, if there's a shot at them making the playoffs, I mean, first of all, there's no way in hell, at least in my opinion, again, they're making the playoffs over the Twins or the White Sox. You know what I mean? So like that division is basically stapled. So you've got to find a way to like, how do we get to, how do we get to the playoffs? Right. And if they add that extra spot in, it makes a world of a difference and not only an extra spot, but like top eight, do you know what I mean? Like now all of a sudden as a fan, now there's meaningful baseball instead of by two months into the season, I know my, my team's not, not catching the Yankees if I'm the Jays and, or like the Rays if I'm the Jays and I'm like, you know, no matter how dirty my players are, no matter how good Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, like, can they beat the Yankees with an unlimited, like, bankroll? Can they beat the Rays on a regular basis? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're looking at two elements. You're looking at how the team is going to perform, but you're also looking at individual performance. I mean, that is a thing for cards, right? Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the Yankees. Talk, speaking of injuries, right? I mean, like, you know, this might be the best opportunity to get in on Aaron Judge right now. Um, that thing was starting to take off as he was performing in this abbreviated season. I can't and again, the injuries crept up. I can't believe how low it is. Yeah. So now would be the time to jump in. Uh, Glaber Torres was injury plagued. Uh, I still love that guy. I still feel the same way about him as I did two seasons ago. So big opportunities there as well. But like you said, yeah, it's team performance and obviously individual performance can dictate price value uh, the the values of uh of the cards as well so um you've got a pretty uh significant ebay account you've got uh cardboard card or sports card cartel and yep. uh, you know people you're constantly buying and selling on there that's one form of selling and way to sell uh yep. how do you feel about you know ebay and how do you feel about you know, what are some alternatives to eBay? Like, I'm just trying to provide people with a wide net about, like, where, where can I acquire cards? Sometimes I show people some well, I think, cards. I think ultimately after, after I say my piece about eBay, you've got hey, a good perspective on it. Go for it. You know, having entered now, I think you have a, a good perspective on it because in a way, you know, you almost have an advantage in that sense that you're very open-minded and you're testing out the waters. Yeah. I am narrow-minded because it's been so long. It's been so many years. And it's, it's a format that I trust, uh, the whole eBay PayPal process. I'm very fortunate in that after so many years, I, I don't have too many crazy stories to tell. People talk about getting ripped off. 
I think I've told you in, uh, you know, in personal conversations about some of, some of the more crazy ones, like receiving a card with a different grade. The funny thing is over the years, just so few, it's, it's been very smooth for me. And I think uh, there are some tips I can give people to making it a smooth process. But again, eBay is kind of the, the go-to because it works. You get the most number of eyes on your product stuff sells. If you have something that's in demand, like you're going to sell it right away. Um, there's so many people on there. Uh, you're going to pay uh, to do it. You're going to pay uh, a percentage of your earnings. It's 10% plus PayPal's three, 4% fee plus tax on top. Now here in Canada, um, it, there's costs involved. So it's kind of the give and the take. You can really move product quickly and efficiently. You're going to pay uh, a fee to do that. Yeah. Um, in terms of kind of navigating it safely. Uh, like I mentioned, um, again, there's a great feedback system. You can take a look at people's feedback. You start to kind of become a little bit hip to if if someone is shill bidding or if someone is sketchy, uh, you have an option to immediately block certain bidders or buyers if you feel that something has gone wrong. If someone doesn't pay for an item, for example, and you have to go through the process and get your fees back, why wouldn't you right away just block them? So that's what I do. I just block you right away. Really? So I don't have to go through that process again. Because and by blocking, blocking me and I didn't know what to do. Like someone paid for, like didn't pay for an item. They won the item and it's yep. sat in that like incomplete for like six days. And I honestly, I still don't know yep. what to do. Okay. So, I mean, I can help you with that. So ultimately you're going to file to get your fees back, which is pretty easy. You go to the, the, the help uh, section of eBay. Uh, you click uh, resolve a problem. And the first step is to file it. Then they, the uh, buyer has some time to respond to that. And if they don't, eBay hits you up. It's a very easy and good process for, for sellers to protect them. And then what you want to do is to go uh, into, um, uh, you're going to like, you're going to search again into a help section where you're going to input block bidder. And that will bring up a section where you can block people. And by doing that over the years, essentially what I've done is I've created a situation where I've kind of um, vetted people. Yeah. And that's why I have a good group of buyers and I don't have to go through that process over and over again. Because yeah, I'm like, this is so irritating. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. It happens. It happens. So you can also, can't, you know, uh, you're seeing a lot on Instagram. People be like, uh, you know, my, my cousin's son's frog died. And we're all, you know, very heartbroken. So I can't buy this Ronald Acuna Jr. rookie card. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that totally makes sense. I know that when a frog dies, we can't be buying baseball cards. Yeah, yeah. So I, obviously I'm being ridiculous about it. But, you know, you get all these excuses. And, okay, if you, if you really – I think I've just, given that excuse at some point. Yeah, so there you go, right? I know. You <laughs> love, love the lizards and reptiles and amphibians. And so – and you can actually cancel the, the auction um, and, uh, and get your fees back. So, and then that way, no harm, no foul for anyone really, other than the person who wasted your time a little bit. Yeah, but yeah it's really strange. I've had a really good run of it uh, without too many problems or without any sketchiness. So I guess I'm lucky in that sense, but I hear it's rough. I would also put it out there. It's, it's tough if you're a seller and you want to come in and you got a zero feedback and you're starting fresh. It, it's, yeah. it's hard. Like it took me, I had to bu- just buy and pay for things immediately to get like my feedback up. I mean, like I was also, I had, That's a really I had no smart idea that do. I was doing it, but like I had all, all my reviews are like, this guy pays like right away. And I didn't even realize the benefit of that. I was just like, 
yeah, why wouldn't I pay right away? Like, I want my card fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's uh, now that I'm, I've been in it for, like, I would like to say six months, I realize the importance of someone buying and then paying right away. And, uh, yeah, man, of course, it, like, I fuck yeah, I get I get those those quality-ass feedbacks. I've only ever sold yep. I think it's four items, but the rest of them are literally just from, I think I have, like, 120 positive feedbacks. And it's all from buying things and paying for things right away. So if you want your feedback up, that's the way to do it. That is the number one bit of advice to drive up your feedback before you start selling by buying and showing that you are a good trader. Yeah. Um, at the same time, Brendan, you know, if someone does that and then they put up a thousand dollar item, I can go into their feedback and differentiate between buying and selling. So if they've never sold before and it's a thousand dollar card, that's still a little hesitance so you want to kind of go in slowly not with the thousand dollar cards maybe and kind of work your way up um so yeah uh, ebay is obviously the most prominent way to go about doing it people sometimes call it fee bay because they don't like the fees so you know social media there's uh facebook i'm not on facebook i hear it's a bustling thriving community um, in Toronto, everything's overpriced and or uh, the same shit, man. Like I'm trying to find like pretty diamond in the rough stuff here. And uh, our buddy Jeff, who we've mentioned before, he tells me all these crazy steals he gets on Facebook Marketplace. And I guess there's just much fewer people looking for exotic cards in Winnipeg. But it's going to depend so where envious. you are. Yeah, it's going to depend where you are for sure. Um, I, yeah. And like, I feel like a lot of the other, uh, like Kijiji Craigslist is not very bountiful in Toronto in particular. Also, I'm just not down to meet up with a random person right now. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it as well. <laughs> and that's when, and again, when you start to travel outside the lines of the eBay PayPal system, that once you're in is very secure for both buyer and seller, that's where things can go wrong. Um, man, I'm seeing so many posts on Instagram. There's a, there's, there are a couple of accounts that like scammers of IG, which are great. I love what they're doing. It's, it's wonderful that they're trying to protect the community, but my goodness, there's kids, kids yeah. are on social media and they are either being ripped off or ripping people off. I've I don't think it, yeah. I don't think it's coming from, I don't think these 12 year old kids are like demon seeds. They're just taking advantage in a lot of ways. And, um, for me as a kid, it was eBay. I, I started on eBay. I was very young and I was buying and selling and everything seemed very secure. Yeah. Uh, man, although I remember I once took a check from someone in the mail for a Vince Carter rookie card back in 98. It was for $1,200 and check went through. I sent the card. I don't know. I mean, it's it's all a crapshoot at the end of the day. $1,200 um, check when you were a kid. Yeah, one of my first cards. No I wonder your, your, your fucking collection is off the chains. Uh, yeah, it had a good, it had a good like seating. It had a good start. I mean, you know, funny, like just tossing it out there as a funny story that you might enjoy, people might enjoy. Speaking of basketball, like don't forget, this is not the first time that there's been a speculative market. This is not, it's just that we know more about it because we're on Instagram and we're, you know, on the internet and we're yeah. locked down and we're reading about it. But back in 99 um, the basketball market was thriving because of the Vince, Vince Carter mania. Yeah. His rookie cards, man, I remember I had a whole box of his rookies and they were like precious gold to me. The finest with his big foot coming at you. Um, the, the beautiful, clean SP authentic um, autographed design, just very clean. And people were just really getting into it. Uh, Kobe, Shaq, the whole deal. And 9900, the big prospect was a young man named Steve Francis. 
And one of the early releases was SPX because Upper Deck still had the basketball license. And it was numbered out of, a, I believe, something like, something like 499 or less. And this big, bold autograph. And I'd never really purchased basketball cards outside of individual uh, singles. And I was at a show at a mall and a guy had packs of SPX and it's 20 bucks. And it's like 20 bucks a pack. I'm used to spending four or five bucks on hockey packs. I mean, I think I was spending 10 bucks on be a player and getting autographs. So why am I, you know, $20? I said, look, I'm going to try it. I happen to have 20 bucks in my pocket. He handed me that pack out of that fresh box. And I'll never forget pulling a Steve Francis autograph rookie card. And that sold within the week, because again, I wasn't a basketball collector for $2,000. And um, yeah. up your ass. Now, is Steve Francis, I mean, is he anything anymore? Is he going to go to the Hall of Fame? Nope. Does it ring a bell? I mean, we're showing our, our knowledge of basketball here. But the point is, basketball. Not, you know, this, that's uh, up into what anyone expected. Yeah. yeah. He didn't he didn't explode like anyone expected. But, man, there was massive speculation. Even back then, that was uh, 20 years ago. I'm really dating myself at this point. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, Trying to remember uh, where we were before I told you that story about Steve Francis, but we're talking about eBay. We're just talking about buying and selling, man. Yeah, we're talking about eBay. Um, shows are fantastic. We are now in an era where, you know, there are some regions having shows as we speak. So jealous. Locked down. Yeah. You know, um, the expo, man, I miss the expo. We used to go, you know, twice a year. Again, the table next year. Yeah, you've never, I don't think you've been to an expo. Never. We're Man. at the table. I don't care. I'll tell you, there's nothing like the camaraderie, the selection, the atmosphere. Uh, nothing beats buying in person, obviously. Yeah. Um, seeing the card in front of you, making cash transactions and and uh, helping people out, getting good deals. I think I'm going to um, go to a flea market next weekend. Flea markets are great. Um, old school shops are the best. Like, you know, taking a little road trip out to smaller areas. Yeah um outside of the big city yeah. is always fruitful i believe um and then of course there's you know the purchasing of sealed product at hobby hobby shops right hobby shops are in it to make money they've got overhead maybe not the best place to buy singles but uh you know that's where you're going to go to buy your hobby product you're maybe going to go to walmart target or walgreens to get your retail which is becoming very difficult as we all know uh thanks to the lockdown and you can source cards that way as well. Um, yeah. Can you think of any other avenues of, uh, of sourcing? I think we covered them. I think we covered them all. I was actually just about to jump on you and say, let's talk retail, dude. You just cracked a box of 2020 update. Well, I'm speaking of hobby, right? And yeah, but I mean, it's still, it's funny. Every time it's I at the retail this, level, is it? Well, I mean, I, it's a retail shop that you buy it at, right? Yeah. So, you know, you know when they refer to retail. I'm still learning the terminology between the two. So. Well, it's a configure. It's a configuration, right? And yeah. it's it's funny because uh, even the people at the store uh, yesterday were confusing. They they got in a a few uh, boxes of Series One and Series Two baseball retail, which is the same shape and size as a hobby jumbo box, it, you, if you were in a rush, you would grab it by accident. Really? But the jumbo box has that H, that tops logo for hobby and a little bit more going on in the box and the retail is a little bit more plain. 
And as you know, the jumbo has certain exclusives. It's very expensive. It's much more, it's twice as much as the retail. Yeah. And I guess it's called retail because you go to a retail store like Walmart and Target, but retail yeah. level is still anywhere you buy something. It's yeah, still, exactly. I'm like, I don't local really hobby shop yeah. is a retail store. Yeah. I'm like, that's the only way I can buy it. So I don't really get it. Um, this prison box here is retail. It's purple. Panini wants you to know the difference. I think the hobby is like an orangey kind of, uh, it's very iconic at this point. And of course, you're going to find different things, right? Uh, with, with this one here, um, I think they, they talk about exclusive pink pulsars, right? So there's exclusives that are in various boxes. Yeah. I picked up a hobby box of update, tops update baseball. I believe that's going to be the last of the ba major baseball releases. I could be wrong. This year, Bowman, Plat Bowman Platinum also I'm not, hit. I'm not going near that. Do not go near that. I'm not going we don't near really that. need to discuss it too much. Bowman Platinum to me is a very extraneous product. I'm not going near that. Update was fun. It's always fun. I mean, uh, I told you about some of the interesting points of my box. I was actually cracking it at 3 a.m. on Instagram Live. And I, <laughs> did you couple see people because watched. I couldn't find it? Uh, I, I, I downloaded the video. I'll, I'll post it up. A like, couple man, people. I wanted in. to watch it so bad. I've watched so like probably I'd say 15 to 20 box breaks since uh, I got the email that mine had been shipped on Friday. It's like pornography. <laughs> you're, you're getting ready for your girlfriend who's coming into town. <laughs> I'm like, I got watching a lot of I videos. Yeah, man, please. There is um, pretty cool shit in there. And uh, listen, I, I'm just, I'm still not that big on the product. I know, I know, but it's my first wax. So I, I'm just trying. Oh, that's special. That's very my, special. You know, I'm so like, no, you're going to enjoy I, it. Auto, I'm going to go banana. I mean, I'm going to get guaranteed an auto. I mean, or not. Yes. In a jumbo, you're guaranteed. I was lucky enough to hit the auto in the hobby. I keep telling people, and again, I'm never going to call out a specific account, but I'm very curmudgeon and bitter. And I will toss things out on this podcast here and there. I like There's the curmudgeon though. You're going to know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah I already do. Don't purchasing worry. from this person. Yeah. They are a retail store that charges a lot. I understand they have overhead. I would never call them out specifically. But they were claiming that the hobby boxes had a guaranteed autograph. Uh, that really pissed me off because that's the first time I pulled an autograph out of a hobby box. It says very clearly on the box, one autograph or relic. Yeah. And not, eight not, times not, out of 10, not, ladies and gentlemen, it is a relic. And you know, those don't have much value. Also, so I don't really like the relics this year. Have you seen the vast majority of them are either a Pujols, uh 2017, I think it's All-Star Game, or yeah. the Derek Jeter patch. Yeah. I'm an expert at this point. But, okay, sure. But, you know, like I say, they don't have a ton of value unless you get an autograph or a short. I mean, I, I hit a Yelich out of 50 gold jersey. It's not worth that much. Um, but you know, that cheesed me that he was misleading people. I think that's fruitless because all you're going to do is make a fool of yourself when they get home and they don't get the autographs yeah. and then they complain. Although I, I bet they bank on people not complaining. That's um, he was also calling, calling out rookie cards that were not actually rookie cards. They're rookie debuts, very different than a base rookie. Um, speaking of rookie debuts, so I got three Bichette rookie debuts in the same box, which is really funny in terms of how they organize the set. Yeah. Uh, two Randys. Um, I pulled the autograph. I'm already forgetting the guy's name. He was busted for steroid use. He's on Arizona. Hey, Domingo Leyva. 
Yeah, I don't know if he's good or what. I mean, come on, if he takes exactly. steroids, he's got to have some power. Stats are not bad. And if he's if he's taking the juicy, then he, he can get right. better. This is what I'm saying. Hopefully he finds out a way to keep doing it on the on the demo. Uh or he just but, now he's gonna he's gonna just be fruitful because he's had a little bit of acceleration, you know? Yeah, there you go. And uh the big hit, I guess, for me was from the silver pack, funny enough. It was a out of 50 gold Jordan, and I love Jordan, so I'm super happy. With that, Those super packs are magical. I've seen, I saw a super fractor pulled from a, a, a super fractal auto one of one. Uh, is it Tom, Tommy Edmund? Yep. Yes. Uh, Edmund or Edelman? Ed, I think it's straight up Edmund. On the Cardinals? On the Cardinals. He's, uh, he actually is decent. Yeah. No, he's, um, I mean, that's and, a, and, and that's thrilling. Getting a super fractor is Thank thrilling. You. Auto super fractor is like fifteen hundred. You know, like they've of a decent like young player for sure. I love the I don't know what they call them mojo refractors, mega refractors. Yeah, Those yeah, silver packs yeah. are sensational. They look great graded. They grade well. Uh, other than centering, um, I love them. I love that. So yeah, my overall review of the product was I had fun. It was a good end of the twenty twenty season. That design, man. Like think of all. Excuse me. Think of all the different parallels to this. Like. There's 2020 series one, two update, Ben Baller, Chrome. Um, now they're, did you know they're coming out with the UK edition? So now they've got an exclusive UK edition. So you can like create this crazy rainbow of Lubobs or Bichettes. The design is just saturated, permeated in our brains. I, I have a rainbow of of Lubob, man. I'm pretty ha happy about it right now. I, all I oh. need is, all I need is an auto, man, and we're good. And don't forget opening day and don't like, man, they just really milked it. Um, this company here is disgraceful. Uh, they, sorry, man, but they're, they're disgraceful. They, they have no customer service right now. I don't know why we're all okay with that. And I'm being serious. Send an email right now. Try to try to call them right now. You, you can't. Um, I called them out on my stories. I see that they, I saw, I saw the blue check mark. They saw it. They didn't respond. It gone are the days where they'd be like, Hey man, uh, we heard you had a bad, bad experience. We'd love to take care of it. Upper Deck's done that multiple times. This company is a disgrace. I wear this hat, ironically. Just, and, a, uh, just as a note, he's, he's actually wearing a Topps hat, for those of you who are just listening and not actually. That, yeah, it's a Topps hat. It's a beautiful right embroidered hat <laughs> that uh, I wear to get people to go, oh, yeah, Topps are great. And then I can just, like, hit them with a no, 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 no. Uh, um, one, two. So yeah, um, so end of the end of the top season, uh, they I think they they kind of disappointed people with with update in terms of the checklist, but uh, you can't complain. At the end of the day, this was a hell of a rookie crop. Um, you've got so many options uh, in terms of short prints, parallels, and rookies. Um, they're lucky, in my opinion. Tops was lucky that that there was such a great rookie crop. They're lucky that there was a lockdown and people wanted to rip. Twenty twenty one though. Yep. It's going to be mental. Yeah, this is what I'm hearing. Uh, a great mental. prospect class. Mountcastle, we've got Pache, we've got Wander. Like, yep. it's going to be filth. And that just keeps this amazing string going. Like, we are on a string. This is why I got back into baseball. This is why people are excited about baseball again. You could argue 2017, although still not as strong, but 2018, 2019, 2020 just loaded and uh, I can't remember if we touched on this last time or not, but sealed product, um, a lot of people break in a lot of products. And 
this is not to necessarily focus on base, but just to give you an example, I know you love Sapphire. It's an exclusive product, same way as Ben Baller that gets released exclusively through Tops. Um, I'm picking up some Sapphire sealed boxes because those are going to start disappearing. I can't find any 2018. Yeah. So when I find 2019, I tend to jump on it. Feel that um, shit and just keep it for a decade, man. You'll be able to awesome. sell yes. that shit. Like you got to wait for these guys to pan out. And once they do, all it takes is like three or four good names in there. And people are going to want to go hunting and people love cracking wax. I'm going bananas about like, I know what the checklist is. I know that it's not that deep, but I just can't wait to open it. Right. So imagine yes. that same thing. But we know these players have like now accolades behind them, man. Like it's the prospective chance of pulling something crazy. You just yep. you, you can't resist. So we've been we've been very baseball centric, um, which we probably will tend to do. I think you and I focus on hockey and baseball. I know you love soccer as well. So we just may be throwing hockey season and we're going to start popping up. Hockey is coming around the bend. Series one is on the way. They have confirmed Lafreniere is going to be a young gun. Really? I didn't even know. Yep. I believe it's confirmed. Uh, The the issue, though, is that most of the other top draft, they're going to wait for everyone else to play. So Series 1 is really going to be all about him. And Series 2 will be a bit more loaded up with rookie cards. And that's interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's kind of like the Series 2 top scenario with Lou Bob, where that's... I was just about to say, you you buy it basically for him, and then you wait for the, the, the rest or the next set for everybody else. And I guess it's smart from a business perspective. It just really annoys me because I want a loaded set, you know? Yeah, I know we were we were considering like a case and stuff. I'm actually rethinking what my overall strategy is going to be. It may end up being something like crack a box, hold a box, crack a box, hold a box. I think that that's probably um, best, especially because like if you think about like what a, a box of McDavid, like, I, like what year was that? 2015, 2014, was it? 2015, 16. Like, I, I can't imagine what a box goes for, for again, for the prospective chance of getting a McDavid. Well, again, the funny thing is, in my opinion, it hasn't gone up enough. Um, really? Frankly, yeah. I mean, it's definitely expensive. A, a box of Series 1 is probably coming in on 500-ish or something like that. That's but, not bad at all, man. But yeah, but I, I feel it's really not that bad. It, 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 and again, that just goes to show with hockey, things yeah. creep up a little slower. Yeah. I, I saw positive things in the hobby this past year, the way that the Nathan McKinnon jumped. Um, the way that McDavid himself jumped in gem mint form uh, could be, could be a good sign. Um, So yeah, loading up on the hockey sealed stuff is still kind of undecided. Even by the way, 0506 SP authentic took a long time before that bumped up. I knew a lot of people carrying cases of that stuff with the Crosby Ovechkin autograph rookie cards. It took a while to, to see that really bump up. And, And remember you're holding on to that. It's money that you've got into it that you can't use. Yeah. So if you're going to have sealed product that is going to be sitting there, money that you can't use, it better be doing something for you all the time. Which I got is a why- full of money that I can't use, man. I just, I haven't, like I said, I haven't even really thought about selling anything yet, which is kind of fucked up, but I'm like, I just can't, oh, you're, you know, you're either in buying mode or selling mode. Yeah, uh, you can- art. And uh, I think, you know, that, that, what you should, I think what I see you doing is, you know, plus you can have all your graded stuff back before the baseball season starts. And then you can really kind of decide what needs to move, what needs to be put aside. Yeah. Sort of thing. Let's talk a little bit about 
some training stuff, man. Let's talk about programming because we talked a little bit about the systems with respect to, you know, baseball buying and selling, even hockey. I feel like talking a little bit about the systems of working out would be pretty cool transition and hopefully relatively seamless. Yeah, sure. Seems like, um, yeah, you know, uh, speaking of programming is interesting because there are people that are still able to be on top of what they've been doing, even during the lockdown. I know people have home gyms. There is still access to gyms in some areas. I've get very jealous of Americans that post pictures of themselves working out in gyms and, you know, maintaining social distance and wearing masks, but still getting a workout in. We can't do that in the city at the moment, unfortunately. Next and then, of course, there's being at home. Yeah. So I was going to say next week you can. Yeah, that's right. We're finally opening yeah. up. Just in um, time for you to leave. What's that? Just in time for you to leave. I know, right? Well, yeah. And uh, so end of the day, uh, a lot of people are just starting out. And so if you're starting out at home, uh, and again, free, you know, just, just body weight or with whatever bands or, or weights that you have, Again, my strongest suggestion is the best way to get started is obviously full body, uh, larger muscle groups to smaller muscle groups. So obviously your larger muscle groups are going to be in your lower body, um, your lats, uh, the, 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 the chest and back in general versus smaller muscle groups like your arm muscle groups, for example. So full body, I always recommend when you get started. So you can kind of feel that overall soreness the next day, get the recovery in hit it again and start working holistically on the entire body. Um, and uh, I mean, as far as, I mean, again, just focusing on beginners, would you have any input on that? If someone's at home, let's keep with the lockdown scenario. Cause I think that's most relevant. Yeah, right yeah, now. Of course. I, uh, I want to really mention that. Uh, I love the fact that you mentioned holistic, uh, not because I'm like some hippy dippy, but, uh, and if you are my, Oh, you know me, Brandon. I'm Sincere the most Not you. I'm not saying just <laughs> anyone listening. I'm just busting them. But uh, I do really, I do believe that uh, it needs to come from uh, like, like mind. It needs to come from body. It needs to come from what you put in your body. Uh, yeah, we're talking programming, working out. But if you don't eat the right things, if you're not drinking enough, enough water, if you're not sleeping enough, then it really like the working out isn't going to change a hell of a lot. Like your energy is still going to be shit. You're probably going to end up eating like binge eating because your energy is crap after a workout, or you're going to be one of these people that can justify, you know, well, I worked out today. And so like, I I'm allowed to eat this or it, it really needs to come from a point where you're like we said before, figuring out why, um, if we're talking now, just straight up logistics, you are 100%. You nailed the, the, the you hit the nail on the head. Damn it. I can't hit any of these lines today. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head when it comes to it's full body. Uh, don't try to reinvent the wheel. These people that have like full ab sessions, I don't get it. You know, maybe it makes you sweat, but the average person abs, they can't handle a full hour worth. And what's going to end up happening is right, no matter what the body part, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But like one hour of a one body you part. work out that body part doesn't mean you lose body fat in that body part. Okay. So like spot specific training doesn't work. You, you, 
what ends up happening is you build muscle underneath the fat and it might actually start protruding and it might actually look worse as crazy as that sounds. So you want to, it, it's more than just working out that area. Yes. You want to work out those areas, but it's important to not try to reinvent the wheel. If you don't want to do some of these harder exercises, it's probably for a reason because they're challenging and they're meant to make you grow, you know? So let's try to embrace that process of like pushing ourselves to a point where we feel uncomfortable and then taking it one step further. Because let me tell you something, anytime you change anything is not going to be comfortable. So let's rip the goddamn bandaid off and accept that this is how it's going to be. So just getting into the nitty gritty, um, what's important, like you, you, you just gave a lot of, you know, good information in a, in a ball there. Um, let's unpack it slightly. So repetition and practice. So when you hear people talk about sets and reps, that's what we're getting into here is I highly recommend two to three sets of each exercise, which means you're performing them two to three times and a high rate of repetition. So something in the realm of 12 to 20 repetitions. So if you're doing a, just squatting, you're just doing a body squat 20 times, do it two times or three times. Why? We are training the body to get used to that position and get better at it. So that comes with repetition, practice, and consistency. So that's when, that's when we start getting into the nitty gritty. There's, there's a rhyme and a reason. It's not just, okay, three sets, two sets. Why? Well, like you said, you're, you're going to, you're going to choose a, a period of time. It's going to be full body and you're going to choose your exercises. If, if it's too difficult, you're, you're going to find something that makes more sense for you and you're going to repeat it that certain amount of time. So I would say three by 12 reps, for example, on each exercise that you do. Supersets are a great way to save time and we need that these days. Everybody's crunched for time. So if I'm going to do a row with my dumbbells, and then a press with my dumbbells for my chest, I will do them one right after the other because one muscle group's gonna rest while the other one gets some action. And then I'm gonna take my breather and I'm gonna do three sets of those. They're supersets, right? They're two exercises. Yep. And again, I wanna do a lot of repetitions because you wanna get to that point of a little bit of muscle exhaustion. You don't wanna kill yourself, especially early on. And uh, you wanna get to that point where it's like Arnold used to say, it's those last few reps that are the most difficult that actually induce change. Yep. Um, get out of your comfort zone. A lot of people tell me, oh yeah, I, I get some exercise in, man. I walk the dog. Okay. Is that a challenge for you to do the same route with your dog every day? It's not, you're in a comfort zone. And that's the same thing when you see people walk into a gym and they do their curls and it's like, they finish it, put it down. And I'm like, man, not even sweating. Were, were any of those difficult? Because all you did was probably just piss off your, your elbow. Um, you got to get into that realm where you're challenging yourself and getting a little uncomfortable. And by the way, that doesn't mean you have to be covered in sweat, heaving, you know, and then you call me and you say, Tom, this was the worst thing in the world. I never want to do it again. You want to get to the point where you've just had a hard workout, there's, there's sweat, you're breathing harder than usual. And you're like, you know what? I feel really good because I did that. And it was more difficult than what I did yesterday. Yep. And just kind of progress like that. Like you yeah. said, I think your exact quote was something. Well, I can't remember your exact quote, but it's it's getting that percentage up every day. Just, 1% just better every day. It's all you need. You just need to one more rep. You just need well, And then eventually one more rep turns into a whole new set. And then a whole oh. new set turns into a whole new exercise. And it's all about gradual progress, people. You got to just uh, 
just succumb to it. And uh, I am, you know, if you're listening to this, I'm already proud because you've thought about it. I mean, obviously, if you stuck around long enough for the tip that the, the tips, you're thinking about changing. And that's step number one. Step number one is definitely thinking about it. And then the next step is just taking action. And, uh, you know, we're both here to help with whatever questions you might have. Sports Guard Cartel can be reached on Instagram. I, he responds all the damn time. He responded to me yesterday at like 1.30 a.m. <laughs> so if you honestly have any questions, you need to hit this guy up. I'm also 100% available through Instagram for Coach Co. I'm also available through Coach Co. Collectibles. If you just happen to find my sports card page and you want to just talk about fitness, I have no problem. So like, I'm not talking about fitness on this page. I'm myself and Aton's himself. So we, we, we just want to help. As and I want to throw one more kind of unifying yeah. kind of point in since okay. you touched on it when it comes to guys, we appreciate um, how difficult it is right now to yeah. eat well. Um, sure. And I may be in a quarantine situation soon. And like, that's even worse. Uh, it's all about preparation. And I wanted to throw this in. Once you get a workout going, you're going to want to support it, right? And so that can lead you to eating better by kind of plotting out. I'll give you the quickest, easiest kind of way to look at it without getting into the layers of, of complexity. Eat throughout the day, have a protein component each time. Throw in a fat component, a healthy fat component, you know, whether it's nuts and seeds, avocado to start and finish your day and have carbs before and after your workout. Notice I would never tell you to cut out carbs. No. Uh, simple carb after your workout, a complex carbs like, like oatmeal, sweet potato, brown rice. A simple one would be more like white rice. Think about the classic bodybuilding post-workout meal is chicken and white rice. Okay. We won't get into the science of it right now, but it works. Yeah. So if you're like, I'm working out tomorrow, tomorrow Sunday, and I'm having a workout in my brain, I'm like, I'm going to have oatmeal before the workout. Yeah. I'm going to work out. I'm going to have my chicken breast and, and white rice later in the day. I'm going to have an awesome protein shake. And then later in the day, I'm also going to have a protein meal. That's probably going to have a fat component and vegetables. And I just laid it out. I laid it out for myself because of the workout and everything kind of comes from there. Um, and, and, and kind of comes together in that sense um yeah so i do up. really like that i have you here to uh help summarize my random rants and uh because we're on the same page it's just you're oh. way better at dissecting things and really well all things at once <laughs> i try i try and i know you, you produce a lot of great uh, uh fitness content every day and it's kind of like what you deal with and and you can kind of get into the more of the specifics yeah. i love this opportunity that we have here on cardboard coaches to to kind of get some of that through as well right at the same time now that being that being said cardboard coaches uh we we do have some surprises coming up we're going to have some guests on we, we've discussed that um i am going to be giving away a box of this chl blaster um that i keep getting my hands on and I will announce that on my Sports Card Cartel Instagram page very soon. We'll give one of these away. There are Lafreniere star rookies in here. I've busted some of these uh, for people's personals. We've pulled Lafreniere. We've pulled the exclusive red retail parallels. And there's autographs in this. I had no idea there were autographs. I pulled an autograph the other day. Uh, Kirby Dak, Nick Suzuki, 
I've also got a prism break up on my page. Trying, I'm trying. Must I'm not, join uh, what's that? You gotta join that. Everyone's gotta I'm join not, What are they called? Pull wax or what do they call? I'm not, I'm not a major breaker guys, but I've been in this industry a long time. I know how to take care of cards very well. I wanna pull the heat out of this great product for you. There are 10 spots left in the break. There's also a mosaic hanger inside. I'm also giving away a Wander Frontal right. Optic Hollow Rated Prospects PSA 9. All you have to do to enter this contest is like, subscribe, comment on Coach Go Collectibles and this YouTube channel, and you get can get entered in for a chance to win this thing literally for free. I pay for shipping. You don't need to pay for anything. Just be present. Tag Talk your coaches. We're getting free slabs. Do this. Free blasters. It's wonderful. Right. We're getting fit. I love it. All right, team. It's about time we sign off. You've had the cardboard coaches for the last hour. Have yourselves a wonderful day. See you all soon.